and we're back on another episode of We Making It Woo. Okay, so if you want to be a part of the conversation, remember to email me at katiesmiles.nyc at gmail.com. Remember that's Katie because, yes, it's my name. Smile because what? My smile is cute. Dan told me this morning. Thank you, Dan. And NYC because that's where we at. We are going to get right into it. I finished guys i finished homie don't play that we are totally going to talk about that book on another episode i'm just not sure when because i also know that we have to talk about the whitney documentary and my special guest actually really likes the whitney documentary so maybe we'll talk about that in just a second um so i did finish that book i this week i read the february issue of gq there's a really great article in it it's actually the letter to the editor shout out to i think will William Welch he started as GQ's like style person when he was 26 um and now he's their editor-in-chief he finds or he if I'm, I'm gonna misquote him but it's something along the lines of music is the quintessential uh human expression and it's a style of any time is a derivative of the music that's being produced and I thought that was such a um provocative and thought-provoking point and this issue is reflective of that it's a really great issue if you are in Dwayne Reed's or any other magazine holder store Mm -hmm. feel free to grab one there's also a great Q&A with Frank Ocean and I know many people are great fans of Frank Ocean as I'm I and so um he talks a bit about covers which if you know me you know I actually really love doing covers and um I won't spoil it, but I just think everybody should get this this month's or last month's episode because the month's almost over. Uh, this month's episode, uh, this month's issue of GQ. So that's what I'm reading. What happened last night? Really quickly, I went to the Emerging Choreographer Series out in Long Island City. Shout out to Thren Saxon, Joe Monte- Monteleone. Um, who else was there that I knew? Garrett Parker. Um, Kelsey Burns was in a beautiful flamenco piece and if I'm forgetting your name I'm so sorry but shout out to everybody up in the place it's an emergency emergency choreographer series I thought they did a really good job of diversifying the bill Um, I was left with a lot of curiosities and questions and I think that's the point of the work at the end of the day so if you performed last night you performed in that series huge shout out to you and also just huge shout out to that entire program um giving artists an opportunity to make some money uh, and make some dreams come true, make some dreams become realities. I'm always in support of that. So shout out to you guys. Without further ado, special guest, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Angie Pittman. Angie Pittman, guys. We're excited. I'm excited. So Angie... We start the same way every week. Mm-hmm. What are you making? Question. Well, first of all, magazine practice. Like, I think that's so great. Really? Yeah, yeah. GQ, really? I'm not, I never picked up a GQ before, but I've recently just been reading a lot of magazines. Yeah, I've, I I created my first vision board mm. at the beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I think I have this obsession with like cutting things out. Yeah. And I have really nice books and I'm 
also my girlfriend's not going to be happy if I cut them out. Yeah. So magazines, yeah. a little bit cheaper. It's a little bit cheaper and it's uh, not as permanent, you know. And no. You can pick it up, put it down. Like, I don't really care about it. Like, I, I've just recently, well, not finished, but I've been carrying around um, Bitch Magazine, The Pleasure Ooh. Issue, which is really good, really, really good. But, yeah, it feels, because right now I feel like whole books are a little bit too much of a commitment right now I in feel this production that, yeah. moment. So I'm like, yeah, I'll pick up a magazine and flip through it. And yeah, yeah, the pictures, um, and also just like how do you take in inspiration? And I mm-hmm. do think magazines, mm-hmm. maybe my book choices can get a little um, specific, mm-hmm. whereas like magazines are not, they're specific yeah. to their thing, yeah. so I'm almost like, getting a little treat to go off into this world because also i didn't know G- gq meant gentlemen's quarterly hello and i just kept them through the pages and i was like why are all these dudes in here where are the <laughs> women like this is so stupid and then i it dawned on me like yeah hmm yeah i missed something there yeah flip through flip through yeah and i'm more likely to read a magazine in a bathtub than a book you know are you I mean? one of those bathers like i'm a bather you really like you you prune yeah yeah and recently I've been bringing in um, fruits to the bathtub. I'm sorry. When you decide, when you realize that you can eat in the tub, it, it changes everything. You know, you get dehydrated in the tub. So when you go in and it, you can along, prolong your stay by bringing in water, tea, and then recently I discovered fruits and citrus. You don't be, okay. You know, and here's the, the next step. This, okay, this is, yeah. This is pleasure practice. The next step is like once you eat the fruits, then you can throw the peels in the water. So it's I'm like, sorry. So it's like an antioxidant. <laughs> what is it? It's like a little like yeah. It, it's good for the skin. I really, I'm intrigued by your commitment, really, <laughs> to make this bath experience really check all the boxes. Yeah, Are yeah. you clean? Yes. Yes. Are you full of antioxidants? Yes. Are you hydrated? Hello. Yes. Are you fed? Yes. Are you kept? Are you warm? <laughs> exactly. And this goes forward to how, yeah, how do I sustain myself through this production time? Very nice. Wait, yeah. I, I'm here for this, Ooh. like, lovely segue. But let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> yes to magazine practices, but what? Okay. I know you're not making a piece about a bathtub. I mean, and if you are a standard support, I, I support you wherever you need me to be. But yes, what are you making? Yeah, not this piece is not a bathtub. Um, I am making, who right now, tomorrow the show opens. I don't know how we need to talk about time in this recorded. Oh, everybody knows I release on Mondays. Okay. So guys, <laughs> this was recorded on Wednesday before the Monday. Have a split bill show at Dance Space Project, um, and it's split between myself, Angie Pittman, and uh, another choreographer. His name is Johnny Cruz Mercer. Johnny, shout out to you! I really hope you've listened to at least one episode because mm-hmm. Adrian was on the Adrian Ansley. Shout out to you! Mm-hmm. Was it episode four? Mm-hmm. Who has a bill with Thomas? Ty- who has a piece with Thomas Tiger Moore? And both of them dance for Johnny. Oh, yes. so we are all in good company. And fun fact: Thomas worked at the acupuncture clinic that I used to work at. So there you go. Anyway. Um, all the black people know all the black people. <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, yes, so I'm working on this piece. It's called Came Up in a Lonely Castle. Yes. Um, in quotation marks because that's actually a quote from an Anderson Pack song. Yeah. Um, the Bird. And I think 
when I get tell that title to people and then they put it in their promo materials, they automatically italicize it because they think I don't know how to write the title of my dance. But it's in quotation marks because it's a quote from a song. Shout out to you, Anderson <laughs> Pack. Tense is my shit. Yes, thank you. Um, and yeah, this piece is a lot of things, but it is um, uh, two people are in it, myself and my collaborator, Anita Mullen who is an amazing woman who, I mean, I don't know how to talk about her. She's so, she's so many things. She's a Virgo. She's a grandmother. She's a sister. She is a mother. She's a friend. She's wonderful. Um, And the piece is, yeah, kind of a meditation on, um, and a prayer uh, around quiet, quietness. Okay. And, um, expressivity black expressivity um doing it on on terms that i'm interested in and uh that i feel like i want to illuminate right now and i the piece was actually a lot inspired by um you know deep desires of myself but it was mirrored in this book uh by kevin kwashi have you heard of him Mm -mm. He uh, has this piece called, or this whole book called The Sovereignty of Quiet. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks a lot about gesture and interiority as um, important in the conversation of black protest and rebellion and Mm -hmm. how, yeah, you have to be loud. And uh, but there's those quiet moments that actually make uh, make both sides (laughs) of of resistance yeah like a yin and a yang yeah yeah can you um no i don't want to interrupt go for it finish that's it (laughs) i want to talk a bit about the difference between a meditation and a prayer Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable with that yeah yeah what is that for you in this process was there a distinction between those two things it is what was the distinction and i don't know why i said meditation so thank you for asking this question no of course of course (laughs) um the language i've been using a lot is prayer and uh and prayer for me is a lot of things, but it, it is basically just an articulation of your own desires wow. to yourself and or to God, whoever God is to you. Right. So it's like an interior an interior desire or thought, um, but the audience is yourself. And I think what's important about that is it's inward. And it is quiet and it's special and it's alone. And it and it like if more people prayed, then I think less less shit would happen (laughs) that is going down. Um, Explain why. Yeah, I think that I think prayer is as a practice is anti-capitalist. And And what? But how so? mm -hmm. If capitalist is about gaining. Mm hmm and desire mm-hmm. what's the de- yeah like what's that distinction too i'm thinking about it in terms of like transactions okay and, uh like tra- currency currency uh trade and uh free labor and yeah. uh um yeah exploitation okay um all of these all of these things that happen when you don't when you aren't in touch with your own body and in touch with other people's bodies. And, I see. And understanding the the impact of 
yeah your actions right so if if people spent more time and i mean this is a big statement and i think it is a statement alongside other statements but if right. people spent more time with their own bodies and actually figuring out what desires what their desires are and um what their body needs right that can create more empathy right <laughs> and right um, i guess the argument would be that if you knew your desires, maybe you aren't as easily like because capitalism um, operates a lot in like advertisement. Mm -hmm. And like if I can make you think that you want this thing, mm -hmm. you'll invest in this thing um, despite better judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas maybe what you're arguing is the opposite. That like if you are so confident and secure in what your body needs you're not going to buy that thing or invest in that thing or be swayed by that thing or mm -hmm. listen to that thing or watch that thing because it's across the gamut uh, just because you aren't you aren't easily you're not as easily swayed. Mm -hmm. Or that, you're more you're just more mindful about what you need. Yeah. So gonna, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then so then when needs aren't met, you can also be clear about what's going on rather than um, I just remember um, Oprah and Pema Chandran having this mm -hmm. interview together and they talked about how rage was just this ultimate fear. Mm. And I imagine one fear for a lot of people, especially dancers, is mm. this fear of like not having your needs met huh. or mm -hmm. uh, not being heard. Mm. Um, and so uh, yeah. I can imagine rage would be rage or uh, depression or anxiety can be those uh, really intense moments, but of a lot of maybe smaller fears mm -hmm. or. Um, Mm -hmm. not being with self mm -hmm. that then creates the larger thing. Yeah. And I think that just being able to make that really tangible um, gives people a point of access into this really large concept of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what brought you to that space? Yeah. Um, in many ways. Yeah. I'm a quiet person. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I think I do, actually. I, okay. Because we, uh, side note, guys, Jas uh, Jasmine Hearn, shout yes. out to you. Um, Angie and I are in a process with Jasmine Hearn, and um, we all operate in different spaces within rehearsal practice. And so, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you would necessarily quiet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I also would not say that you were like, dominating conversation like i yeah. feel like when you have a moment to speak you speak when you don't want to speak you don't mm -hmm. um yeah but i don't know if i would say that that was quiet mm -hmm. maybe quieter than others yes <laughs> yes i um am getting louder as i grow older that's great yeah which i don't yeah it's something oh or, or i mean you know i think you know hashtag growth hashtag if hashtag. i get any louder my mom is probably gonna be like kadidra i love it <laughs> But yeah, this piece is kind of like growing out. I mean, I was always a quiet kid. I was okay. just like, I don't even think I like talked probably until I was 12. I don't know. It was something crazy like that. And wow. um, even like through school, you know, grad school, I was just always, I mean, I said my stuff, but I uh, I just like being quiet. It, it fills me with, um, I feel closer to myself when I'm quiet. And mm -hmm. even in social situations, uh, I don't like to talk um if I don't want to talk. Right. So, yeah. So this piece is sort of like moving into like once I started reading Kevin 
book. I've mm-hmm. never met him before, but I'm calling him by his first name. <laughs> Shout out I to read, you, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Kev. Um, once I read that book, I was just like, oh, like I felt really affirmed. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, and I wasn't ever like, oh, I'm going to make a piece, you know, I'm going to do it. But it was kind of like, you know, I continued to practice and I continued to make and it, this piece ended up being um, very quiet. And I always feel this pressure, um, particularly, I mean, this is a whole nother thing, but particularly... Uh, there's always a pressure to be louder than I want to be. Um, so I'm like, this is my piece. I can be, you know, cultivate a space where the volume is <clears throat> a little bit calmer and uh, subtle and uh, nuanced. And I'm not saying that if you're loud, you're not subtle or nuanced, but I think there's this particular type of subtlety that can happen when you're quiet. Right. And, um, and I mean, from what your other comment about not being heard, I have this like re- recurring nightmare. I don't know. Do you have recurring nightmares? Some, yeah. Well, one that I had recently and I was like, oh, this is why I'm making this piece is it shows up in different ways, but not being able to communicate through your voice um. or no, that's not it. Being able to communicate through your voice, but people not hearing me. Yeah. Yeah. And it. Which is the same. Literally. It just almost the same. Almost the same thing. Right. But this nightmare is so intense, but it shows up in different ways. Like sometimes I'm like screaming. Sometimes it's like an urgent thing where it's like we need to leave the building. Listen to me right now. And nobody's listening to me. And then right. sometimes it's subtle. Like I'm like, hey, let's, you know, turn the corner and then people can't hear me. So right. I have this recurring nightmare that that happens to me and it, yeah i think this piece probably has to do with that a little bit right what are your recurring nightmares uh, my recurring <laughs> nightmares include but are not limited to mm-hmm. um i can fly or float depending on how you look at it wow um and it comes in a variety of ways like i can like like almost like levitate so i can lift my body from the ground oh my gosh. um but i would be at like table level mm-hmm. and i can just lay there in the ground in the in the in the space but mm. off the ground um i've had one dream where i could float um and the the sh- more stressed i got or like the question that i needed to answer the further i got from the answer the higher i would go Whoa. i've also had um flying dreams where i was like a, like in the sky watching the world but i was like naked like an embryo and i could just see above yeah, they're not, they, some of them are like the best dreams ever. And I mm-hmm. always want to have them, mm-hmm. but other ones are usually telltale signs that I am getting outside myself. Wow. That's, in- yeah. Like your connection to the ground isn't there in that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And it, it, at certain points it gets really, really scary in the dream. Because uh, you might just float away. Uh, or I come down and it's like this pit of loneliness because mm-hmm. I finally come down and realize I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I have no answer and the dream ends. Wow. Another Anderson Pack song. Thank out. you, consciousness, because you're just really just like helping me out. <laughs> but I do want to talk about this um, yin and yang of resistance mm-hmm. because I was recently talking to Jasmine um, Shout out to A. Akerson, who is going hey. to be in work up soon. I'm going to, on social media, I'll post about it. And Ishmael Houston-Jones. Those are two people that I've seen this. Um, when you said quietness and resistance, it immediately brought me back to Ace promo mm. for work up. It's her lying down on the floor with a mic in her hand. And 
at one of the Dancing While Black meetings, Ishmael Houston Jones talked about the first time he was arrested. Hello. <laughs> um, while laying down on the floor, I think knees were in like supine. Mm. And it really got me, just you saying that brought those images back to me. And I just maybe want to talk about a little bit about, um, like, do you feel a pressure to be louder because of maybe the way you, the ways in which you identify? Mm-hmm. So how Ooh. how much of that is do you, are you what are your pronouns? I'm not sure. Yeah, she her. So yeah. you are femme identifying. Mm-hmm. You are identifying as a woman of mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. You are somebody's child. Yes. <laughs> um, how do those spaces and then even the way that they intersect? You are from the south. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically. <laughs> Yes, because where are you from, Virginia? Yeah. Girl, you know that's, girl, come on now. You know that's south of the Mason-Dixon. Um, and and I guess what, I bring those up because yeah. I um, mm-hmm. I know that there are connotations which each of those identifiers. Yes, yes. And, and how, do, how did or how do those play a role in maybe how you feel about resistance, mm-hmm. what you need to resist, mm-hmm. and then this need for quietness on top of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And it is, um, yeah, I think growing up black and growing up a woman, a person who identifies as a woman, is just, uh, I always knew that that was like, it It was hard. We know. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but I think what's hard about it is, um, I was talking about, talking about this to somebody before, recently but the impossibility of it in terms of um societal expectations yeah because the truth is is that society um and white people don't want us to exist so of course we are going to get all of these mixed messages about how to be right right like it's like impossible to be uh it's impossible to be polite and and not angry and clear and quiet and loud and it so all of these messages that I'm receiving right, as to how right. I should be and how I should mostly how I should not be as a right right taking up space um it is yeah it's just full of conflict right that's hard to you know hard to deal with as a child you know right and these messages are coming at us at such a young age and it's you know whatever um yeah, so that is where I'm at with it of just being like, oh, there's an impossibility and you can't be and maybe when you say impossibility, you can't be all those things at all the same I cannot time. Be all of those things. Right. And I cannot be all of the things that uh that that people are telling me to be. Right. And so all all I can be is me, which, which is, is Whitney, quiet. Which is quiet. But also, you were talking about the Whitney Houston documentary. Which is the name of the Whitney Houston documentary? <sighs> Circles. Um, but Yeah. But all I like all I want to be is uh things that I know sustain me, things that I know that bring me joy, things that I know uh will prolong me, things that I know that are connected to my family and my mother and my community. And all of those things have to do with uh, being quiet, right. which is related to spirituality, right. which is related to dancing, which is related to blackness. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but those are words around that question. Yeah. And 
do you feel like as you relate quietness Mm -hmm. to blackness, Mm -hmm. to dancing, do you feel like you're offering a different perspective or do you do you feel like you're offering a perspective that isn't commonly seen? Yeah, I I think it might be not commonly seen. I don't want to say it's just my perspective at the moment. I don't want to say that this is new. I don't want to say that it's never been done before. Of course not. Because it has not been. <laughs> you know, this isn't, <clears throat> it's not a new concept. But I, I'm just trying to be, speak my truth with right now. And I do, uh, in my own practice, I feel like there's a need for that for me right now. Right. So, yeah. And I guess what I'm, maybe what I was getting at too mm-hmm. is, uh, if you haven't read Thousand Streams of Blackness. Oh. It's a great book, and shout out to Joya Powell, who gave me the book, and I really, hard time in terms of my identity, Mm. Um, but what I think I loved about that book and what's coming, how that relates back to you is, that book is a collection of essays from a variety of people who Mm -hmm. uh, identify as black, uh, but on a spectrum, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. because of what is commodifiable. Um, oftentimes blackness has to look a certain way, though mm-hmm. we are making great strides and it looking different. Mm-hmm. Um, even within the downtown dance scene, yeah. there are but so many people of color. And mm-hmm. so within that, um, the conversations around people of color can just be, um, can can seem one-sided. Yeah. And what I, I while I don't think it's yes. new to mm-hmm. be quiet, yes. um, to bring quietness to work as a as it relates to resistance mm-hmm. is new for me. Yes, and so I want to um, just be like, yeah, like I'm really grateful that yes. that 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 space is there, and that you've allowed yourself to go there. Um, because as you do your thing and be the best you can be, like that inspires other people to do the best that they can be, whether that's loud or quiet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's more than what we anybody could ask for. Hmm, thank you for saying that. Of course, of course. As someone that is not quiet and had to figure it out. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you're you. I'm, I'm glad you're you. Girl, I'm sure my teachers were not glad I was who I was. I'll never, <laughs> and, and, and I bring this up only because I remember being, I think, in the third grade in um Miss Lasea, shout out to Miss Pegley Lasea, who was an okay. amazing, amazing teacher. Miss Lasea told me mm-hmm. that the nail that sticks out gets hammered in. Wow, that's a terrible. And I was thing. like, <laughs> I think she meant it with the best intentions, though. Miss um, <laughs> Lasea was an amazing teacher, <clears throat> but I really did learn the ramifications of that. Um, that uh that that statement mm-hmm. because I often was the kid that was just a little louder, yeah. a little bit bolder. I do wear yeah. my heart on my sleeve and um I love conversation. Mm-hmm. Um and and so how do we how do we clarify what we need? Yeah when we are obviously in a position where we're constantly receiving feedback mm-hmm. on how our needs affect other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time I really couldn't understand what that meant. Yeah. And I just remember the people that she wouldn't say that about, mm-hmm. I was nothing like. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what the, what the, what? what? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Anna Reyes, who's also beautiful like and so smart. Anna Reyes was like super like, 
quiet as mm-hmm. hell. Girl, I was talking to, shout out to all my people from first grade. Taylor John, Taylor Davis, Taylor Kyle. Girl, I was talking to every damn body. I knew everybody. I think we had like 30 kids. All of them knew my name and who I was. And like, um, and I prided myself on that. That's and amazing. to this day, I still pride myself on that. But mm-hmm. I bring that back only because when the boxes are so mm-hmm. clear mm-hmm. and um, the boxes that you fit into, um, put you in a position of not having or not being heard Mm -hmm. or not being accepted it can to be honest I think it can make you change your needs Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that people are less affected or it's more convenient for other people and I do think it is such a revolutionary act to put what you need first Mm -hmm. uh, as a way to say that if you need me you need me to put me first Mm -hmm. um I think that's, I just think, like I said, I think that's, I think that's more than what anybody could ask for. But that said, that does bring into a lot of what I'm going to segue to uh, sustainability. Mm -hmm. That's a bold practice. Uh, Aside from these orange peels, it's all I can think of. (laughs) Aside from these orange peels in this tub, because that's the only fruit peel. I don't think you got no damn apple peels up in there. Not apple peels, but you could do pomegranate. Oh, you know, um, shout out to Yasmin at Gibney. At Yasmin is from Turkey, and oh, pomegranates really? are a sign of abundance and yes. wealth in Turkey. Yes. So, yes. like, are are you conjuring wealth in your bathtub? And also, what other things are you doing to sustain yourself <laughs> besides the bathtub? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of baths. Um, but I, I might be, I will also Raha. Um, I was, I work anyway, I work at a place, yeah, <laughs> um, as a house manager. And uh, we had this New Year's Eve shift, which yeah. uh, is like 15 hours of work, but it's like a really good um, one and done do it. And I co worked with my friend Raha, um, and she brought in a um, pomegranate on New Year's Eve, as yeah. Um, a sign of abundance. Let's bring in abundance. the new year with abundance. Yes. Yes. And I so appreciated her for that. So yeah. I am kicking this table. Great. Um, other parts of sustainability. Yeah. I, like I said before, I take a lot of baths. I spend a lot of time by myself. Um, but honestly, I, that, that's a big question for me right now. Okay. Sustainability. Um, in terms of, yeah, what I need to keep going yeah. and, uh, and what that looks like in the, in the long term. Um, but I do make my own soap and I wow. do, um, I do use a lot of, um, coconut oil and, wow. and non-toxic body products. Very nice. We got to talk about that because lotion, yo, I'm dry as, and I cannot do the coconut oil. So okay. off air, we'll we'll talk about moisturizers because, yeah. ooh, coconut oil, she leave me dry. Yeah. So, I yeah, but it, all of this is a part of sustainability for me. I think hydration and moisturizer wow. is a way to sustain. Do you find that by you making it mm-hmm. or what do you find most sustainable or what gives you that feeling of sustainability mm-hmm. when you make it on mm-hmm. your own and or when you use non-harmful products? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, being with the materials that um, I use to cleanse myself, like, in a, in a prolonged amount of time. Right. Versus just, like, 
oh, I guess we're going back to transactions versus just buying it in a store or something. Right. I'm with the actual raw materials. I'm making it. Oh, and soap making is is time. It takes a lot of time to make some soap. It takes probably like two months. It's like a two month practice. The soap has to cure for at least like four weeks. Wow. So it's a practice of patience. It's not like, oh, but I'm going to whip it up and then like go into the bathtub right now. It's like, no, you uh, you have your fats and you have your acids and you have to measure those. Uh, I'm not a mathematician, but like you have to actually use numbers and measure these um, to mix them together in order to for the saponification process to happen. Yeah. And there's a possibility that process might not happen. Like if you used the wrong amount of either, then like the soap batch can fail and then you just have to start over. Okay, so Angie, I'm going to be real logical for just a second. Amazing. What do you do if this soap don't work? You're going to be dirty. Well, I mean, that's what I'm assuming. My bad for assuming. But I'm trying to think like, so what you going to do? You going to go down to the bodega and get your back box of dove? Like, what? what you going to do, girl? What you going to do? There's always, I mean, I always have soap reserves. So I'm never like, I'm oh, like, I'm never ooh. like waiting like, oh my God, I'll have the soap in a day or two. <laughs> like, damn, my my elbows is ashy. My armpits is suspect. <laughs> like, damn. Don't have any soap. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But also, I've never... Um, Knock on wood, but I've never, none of my batches of soaps have never, like, not gone through. So they all have worked. They've all saponified. Great. <laughs> um, Shout out to the ashy elbows <laughs> and them sweaty knees. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, yeah, spending time in practices that um, that promote time. Like, wow. Patience. Yeah. That's, that's. That's also revolutionary too, because also it also sounds like you're changing, you're changing the currency that you operate in. Mm-hmm. So like if you, for example, I think about it like tribes back in Texas when we had to learn Texas history, they talked about like these tribes had these things mm. that was their currency, and then they traded or bartered with based on what they had. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you barter in time. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody can't operate in terms of time, then you can't deal with them. Mm. And so then, like, how does that com- like, how does that conversation evolve as you and please feel free to talk to me about how when that's your sustainability practice, how does that affect the very capital mm-hmm. um, scene that we operate in? Mm-hmm. in? Or does it? Maybe I'm. Yeah. Maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. I don't know. No, you're not jumping. We're. I don't. Yeah, it's really. I mean, and that's where my question lies is that like I love spending time and the busier uh the busier I get you know obviously the less time there there is right um yeah so I'm really trying to figure out like how like when to protect what to protect like just time to stare out the window like when can I like take the bus instead of getting on the train you know or like I'm only going to cram two rehearsals in instead of three or like how, but yeah, but then it like, it butts up against like, oh, I want to show up for people. Right. This is like actually my devotion. Like I love showing up for people and being right. present and actually like being in people's processes. Right. Um, 
and being used in that way. So it's or to people I love. But I think that, um, yeah, so that's a big question for me. And I'm, I think a goal for me is to um, observe like Sunday, like have a day, the Sabbath, if some people call it like, just right. to, like the sun Sunday is a day where I'm not doing anything yeah. for anyone except, you know, me and or. Uh, yeah, whoever I just des- I decide I want to spend time. Yeah, with, so. and I too have Sundays. I do not work for really anybody, mm-hmm. or I'm actually like Sunday is the day where I can I elect to say that's not the day. Like no, mm-hmm. like Saturday, great, but yeah. but not Sunday. Not Sunday. Uh, and I'm not sure if it has anything to do because I did grow up uh, good old Black Baptist. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure if it has anything to do with that, but. Going along to what you were saying, I do think creating personal boundaries is a form of resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's a boundary that I felt like I could maintain mm. without losing without losing a certain amount of like financial support and money, just yes. basic money. Uh, yes. But also without losing a certain amount of sanity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I hear that. And I, too. Yeah. Be chilling. I go grocery shopping. Oh. On Sunday, walk through the aisles singing my songs. Where did where's your grocery store? Is it close to your house? No. Uh, so I go to the Whole Foods that's right there off of by Bam, ah, the three sixty five. The new, yeah, that new right across. Yes, the they have the best, y'all. They have the best pomelos. Okay. And if you, for those of you who don't know what a pomelo is, it's like a sweeter grapefruit. Mm. Which is kind of nice because grapefruits can be a little tart. It's not to say that I don't like the tartness, mm-hmm. but New York does not have ruby reds. No. I don't think they have ruby reds. No. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know why I said no so definitely. Say I don't know. Because <laughs> back home, we have ruby reds. And mm-hmm. ruby reds are just as, like, just as big as a pomelo, mm-hmm. but they're usually much sweeter. Yeah. Whereas here, they don't have that. And so it's like, just I just want something sweeter. Unless, mm-hmm. But those pomelos, they're like five dollars for one pomelo and i know that it's not smart to spend five dollars on one piece of fruit but that piece of fruit is worth it guys and it's worth your happiness You're it's worth it. so good i sit on the bed every time i eat it and i'm always just amazed so imagine yourself in a bath and doing that <laughs> okay here is my thing with the bathtub first of all first and foremost I like really hot baths. Okay. So like, you can't stay for long. I be sweating. I be sweating up a storm. I need a rag. Oh, not a rag. A face cloth. <laughs> going back to my oh, good old I, days. I hear rag. I hear. I need, I need to dab my forehead. I need some, um, what is that? Janet Jackson. Yeah. Um, anytime, any place. I need some, some slow cuts. Because I'm really, I'm hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first and You're foremost. Second of all, we live with four people. Okay. I am suspect about the little bits and pieces that I see on this tub. I know I can clean it, but it just doesn't feel clean enough. Yeah. I, and I was spoiled. At one point, I had a brand new tub. Okay. Mm-hmm. This tub ain't brand new. Mm-mm. This ain't even brand. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know. It's and then, not. No. And then also some of the people third and okay. third and like up there. I have talked to a couple of you bathers. Shout out to Thryn Saxon. Shout out to Megan. They okay. used to be an intern at Gibney. They told me uh-huh. that they would watch TV. Yeah. 
And then when the water got cold, they just put more water in that. Yes. Look. Look. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Okay. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm just about to be in this bed. You you don't got time. It's not that I don't have time. I just don't. That's not time well spent. I'm getting pruny. I'm about to be ashier than ashy. I'm going to have to put some oil in that water to make sure that I'm not ashy. Whereas if I could be in the bed, I got fuzzy socks on. Yeah. I got okay. sweatpants on. I think I'm a better. Yeah. Okay. If I could. Yeah. I mean. Wow. We're so different. If I could be in the bed, a good solid, you know, two hours or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and then like have like a couple blankets, because oh. I like to be, yeah. I like to be held. I like the weight. Did you get a weight? Have you? Do you have a Girl, weight? No. Okay, no. No, 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 no. It's like no. hundred. It's it's too much money. No, no, no. But Give me a throw and a quilt. Okay. And then also, I know this is like bad because you could technically suffocate, but like I, I burrow. So like sometimes when it's time to go to sleep, I pull the blankets like all the way over my face, and then put me in a hotel bed, and it's like heaven, because I like bury myself underneath the pillows. I know this is like all those PT people out there. I know this is bad because obviously I'm on my belly when I do this, but I just love the weight. It feels like mm. I'm going to be a mole. Wow! Under okay. all the dirt. This is fascinating. But that's that would be my jam. That's your thing. Okay. But I'm also not going to eat. I just be sleep it's, under yeah, there. It's fine. I'm also like a professional sleeper. Great. Like I can pass out. Oh yeah, I'm I'm like I'm oh oh in the car. Planes, trains, automobiles. I am your girl. <laughs> but before we get up out of here, whoa, okay. we yes, so many tangents. We gotta get out. Okay. Um, how was this practice financially made sustainable? What were some things that you did? You know, um, I worked a lot, and and by work you mean oh, you mean like you have That's another job that. That's a good question. I have a lot of jobs. As we all do. <laughs> yeah. So I just kept working and I was like, hopefully, I'm really bad at, um, I'm like, hopefully it'll all work out. And it actually did. Good. Um, but Dance Space's commission, and I actually worked uh, pretty, I actually did my budget last night just to check in, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, it's pretty like coming out even. Like good. in terms of the commissioning money that I'm getting and the money that I spent, it's actually right. great. I spent a lot of time uh, rehearsing with Anita in my living room okay. for some parts of it. I uh, work at Brooklyn Arts Exchange. Yes. And, um, I'm shout out to Bax. <laughs> shout out to Bax, Paloma McGregor, new artistic director. Yes, congratulations um, <laughs> on that huge, huge directorship, Paloma. Yeah. Um, but I work in the youth education department there. And cool. a part of that, I am a part of the professional development youth education faculty cohort, <laughs> which wow. is basically an intense group of people um, who we just talk about anti-racism in youth education. Yeah. And a part of that, it's fairly compensated but a part of that is space they give a space okay too so i rehearsed at backs a lot so okay. that was possible um i sometimes i paid myself sometimes i did it okay which you know sustainability that's a question yeah uh but yeah i was uh yeah what else did i have any other sort of dance space project was really good at when there's space that becomes available if you're like a an artist at the commission, they offer you a lot of space, like free Great. space. 
Um, so I utilize that a couple times and, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time just thinking about the dance. And I think that is, uh, cheaper than actually being in the studio and trying to yeah, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it a lot, you know, in transit and, um, yeah. And I only have one other performer and it's myself. And then I have another, I have a costume collaborator, Athena Kokoronas at the domestic performance agency. And she, yeah. So I have a small small group I work right. small and I work closely so I think it um money wise it, it works out that's amazing and lastly but certainly not least, what have been some takeaways or some new nuggets that once you perform you kind of want to move forward with mm-hmm. um yeah I it's hard to answer that question because I'm so in it right now. You okay. know, the timing of this is like great, <laughs> but I'm also like, let me get there that weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. So my reflection brain isn't. Um, it's not on. It's and not maybe on. it doesn't need to be just yet. Yeah, but there's a there's a book that I'm reading um, called They Can't Kill. Ooh, what's it called? They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. Right. By Hanif, and I'm forgetting Hanif's last name. Um, but I've been reading it alongside this production week, and right. it's a collection of essays around like music. It's actually oh. kind of, and I think he's a poet actually, but it, it he does a lot of like music criticism that is like fantastic, and it's been really rocking, rocking me in really good ways. So I'm gonna continue reading that book and continue to be like to just spend time with it because a collection of essays. It, like that format has been really, really I nice. love that format. Yeah. Also, shout out to Toni Morrison. If you ever listen to me, I think you are heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she just released, um, I think, something in self-regard. I literally just was up green light last night. And it's mm. bright. It's like a nice pastel pink. But it's also a collection of essays. Uh, and for those of you who do not know, I do guest all of my, all my guests receive books as like I'm conversation. So, so if you want to do that one, so okay. you can tell me about it. Okay. Oh, I'm down. Do you get your books from Greenlight? I do get a lot of books from Greenlight. Okay. With you guys, some of some of the requests have been so hard from Greenlight <laughs> so that it just makes more sense to do Barnes & Noble. Okay. Uh, also, coupons are readily accessible at Barnes & Noble, Good. so it does depend. Yeah. But because I am a local mm-hmm. and Greenlight is like two blocks down, yes. I try to support my local businesses when I can. Amen. Um, but before we get up out of here, out of here, Angie, you got to plug us in. Where can we find you? Woo. Um, you can find me on Instagram. What's your name on Instagram? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just find me on Instagram. I'm out here. I just recently did, uh, been into Instagram stories. Okay, my name on Instagram is Angela Ella Ella. A-N-G-E-L-L-A-E-L-L-A-E-L-L-A. I and love it, it. back when, you know, Rihanna had umbrella. Under my umbrella. And, and it just stuck. Yes, I'm here for it. Um, And I'm on, on I'm on the Facebooks. And I do have a website. Yes. com And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, remember that if you want to be a part of the conversation, just email me at katie smiles dot nyc at gmail dot com. Um, guys, I just want to remind you that if you want to make it, you just got to make it live. You just got to make it breathe. But really, though, you just got to make it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I just want to give a huge shout out to Mike Brun for writing and composing my intro song. The vocals are sang by Kubu Verma. They both can be found on Instagram at Mike Brun underscore. And what is a Kubu?